Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. I'm your host, Ryan Moreland. With me, as always, on Tuesdays, Amos Conway. We're going to talk. Uh, we have a very special Beers and Cheers show for you tonight. We are going to do the first 10 picks of our mock draft over the next three weeks. We're going to do all 31 picks of the first round uh, of, for our mock draft. Um, and then we're going to do another one right before the draft. We're going to do another uh, three weeks mock draft. It's going to be very exciting. So tonight, if you... Uh, think one of our picks is, is right on, or if you think it's way off, you just want uh, your opinion heard, we'd love to hear from you. On each pick, we'll, we'll read out uh, all the text that we got and, and see what you guys think. So the text in number is 252-621-2065. Uh, you know, text in your thoughts, who you think is going to be picked at every position uh, as we go through. Of course, we're going to go in the order, uh, draft order here. Uh, but it still is the beers and cheers show, so both of us, uh, you know, drinking a little bit of brew tonight. What are you drinking tonight, Amos? Uh, I'm actually sticking with the Miller Lite tonight, man. I had a rough, it's called a rough last three weeks, <laughs> so don't <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> right, right, all right. I'm not a Miller Lite fan myself, but uh, but it's not bad. It's not a terrible beer. I, uh, I'm drinking... Uh, Giving uh, some love to our boys up north. I'm drinking Molson tonight, one of my favorite beers from Canada. Um, really good beer. And I was thinking, like, how awesome would it be if they sponsored us? Because then we just have to talk about hockey constantly. It'd be Amos's worst nightmare because that's all we do is talk hockey. <laughs> no, I'd be all right. I can do it. All right. Well, there we go. At least we got like positive energy in hockey now. Uh, for those of you who don't yeah, listen, you just, I'm going to make Amos a hockey fan. I think fan. I'd be all right. <laughs> It's my goal in life right now. Alright, but we're going to do the mock draft here. We're going to do the first ten picks. So we're going to, you know, dive into each one. um, Talk a little bit about it. Tell you who who Amos picked in that spot, who I picked in that spot. Um, I'm actually going off of my mock draft that I did for DolphinSidelineReport.com. If you want to check it out, it's the second one that I've done uh, for this season. And definitely changed a lot of my picks. My mind was changed on a lot of these players as I watched more and more tape on them. Um, and then Amos made his list. So we're going to go in uh, and just break down each each pick of the first ten here and tell you who we think everyone's going to take. So first up, the Tennessee Titans here coming off a terrible season. And as a Titans fan, it was rough to watch. Only three wins last year. Uh, you know, they have Marcus Mariota uh, in their – that's their future right there. You know, they have all their eggs in, in the Hawaiian basket, so to speak. Uh, so who do you have, Amos, here, uh, Tennessee Titans selecting first overall? So <clears throat> before we start, I want to explain that the draft might – like besides if my team gets to the Super Bowl, the draft's probably the most exciting time of the year for me. I absolutely love it. We'll watch too much college football. <laughs> All right, so Tennessee, number one overall. I have, uh, I think this is one of the very few picks that we have the same, actually. But Laramie Tunsil, the tackle out of Ole Miss, 6'5", 315, and drafted him. I, 
I know there's been talk about Tennessee. I think has been talking to teams saying they're trading out. Some people think they will. I don't. I think they'll stay. They get him. They move Taylor Lawn over to the right side. Guy plays awesome pad level. Like in his feet, really everything about this guy is a little unusual for a tackle to be so. Like you have him every once in a while, but for a guy to be able to step in and maybe Joe Thomas could be the last one that I can think of. And he is, man. I remember, I think, the LSU game where he just consistently got to the second level and just beat up LSU's linebackers. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. He's just, man, he's a monster out there. He's good in the screen game. I mean, just watching film on this guy, there's nothing that he's bad at. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and he did nothing but exceed expectations. And I think he's the safest, maybe the best pick, especially in the top ten. Yeah, I went uh, in my first mock draft. I went with Joey Bosa here just because you know he's such an outstanding player, Joey Bosa. What he's able to do, and I think that he's going to have a very good career, a great career in the NFL. He has all of the skills uh, of an elite pass rusher. Um, and I thought, you know, of course, the Tennessee Titans' most pressing need is at their offensive line, and giving up 54 sacks last season, which was the NFL's worst. Uh, but I thought that they might try to do it in uh, free agency and then try to get Bosa to bolster their defensive line. But then uh, general manager John Robinson came out, and he was talking about uh, – or brand-new general manager. And he's talking about how he looked at the Super Bowl uh, as kind of a blueprint for his team. And he said, like, that game was won and lost in the trenches, and, and which is true if you watch that game. Uh, and, you know, he talked about how important an offensive line is, and then he went on to say that he was pretty impressed with our defensive line. So I think that uh, from his words that it's kind of obvious that we're either going to trade back or uh, take Laramie Tunsil here. And you said it exactly. I didn't get to watch a lot of this kid play last year. I only saw two of uh, Old Miss's games. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I remember being really uh, really surprised at how well exactly he was and then you hear all the the hype about him and stuff and then I went back and watched a lot of these games you know watched the Alabama game watched the LSU game and even in the Alabama game I mean he is and Alabama has some good edge rushers and they have a very good defense he's so he's got the size he's got the length uh he's got the lateral movement the quickness uh that initial first punch uh he can handle a double team even on, on certain occasions where he you know he uh, pops the first guy and then has the move or has this quickness uh, to be able to move out and, and then hit the uh, the edge rush. I mean, he's absolutely outstanding. Very technically sound. Um, you know, I'm, it's, as Amos said, the draft is one of my favorite times of the year. It's one of my favorite sporting events. And even though that it's not really a sporting event, just watching people walk onto a stage and uh, shake Goofus's hand and and put a baseball cap on. But it's uh, it, it's one of my favorite things to watch, and I've been, uh, you know, I like to watch tape. I like to watch and see what these guys are doing. I don't think I've ever seen a tackle come out of college as NFL ready as Tunsil is. Um, Maybe Joe Thomas. I think you just mentioned, uh, but I mean, he just has it all. He's the, he's the, got the size. He's got the lateral movement, the the technique. He always stays anchored. He uses his leverage. He's got a brutal first punch I mean he I mean I watched the game I want to say it was against Arkansas I can't remember now exactly uh but his first punch on the edge rusher knocked him on his back I mean this is the first hit just to keep him outside knocked the kid on his butt and I was just like wow what a punch Uh, this kid's amazing there's nothing that I, I can't say 
Um, very excited to have him. I think he does have the skills. I've seen a lot of people say that he'll start at right tackle um, and then maybe move left, uh, depending on like what he shows between Tyler Lewan. And Lewan has played decent. I mean, he's the one shining uh, bright spot on that offensive line from last year. I mean, he gets out of position sometimes, but he is a, a really good um, up-and-coming uh, tackle. But I don't think that he's going to take I think Tunsil's going to take the left tackle spot. I think you're 100% right, Amos. I think they'll move Lawan to the right-hand side um, and, and let Tunsil play on the left. He just he's he's got it all. He's a perfect package of what you want an offensive tackle. This I mean, just looking at him right now, and you never want to over exaggerate a kid coming into the NFL. You never want to say, "Yo, he's a Hall of Famer" or anything like that. Uh, I won't say that, but this guy is a like. 12, 14-year starter, for sure, I think, at this point. I mean, barring health and everything, but he just has the skills to be a long-time starter on this team. I think, you know, he has the skills to be one of those guys that's top five tackle every single year. I I think the uh, – one of the biggest things with him, too, is, yeah, he's a big guy. He's a brawler. He understands. And if you watch – you bring up the Arkansas game, the LSU game, the Alabama game, when this this guy's very very smart he because I, I like Bo Wallace I don't think he's kind of quarterback up there uh, picking up defensive signals and calling out the blitz and stuff Tunsil was very smart at picking up signals and keys and things to pick off to know if it's a blitz and he just when he knew it he did he leveled whoever he was against he was at, uh, just fantastic to play and I think that's one edge he has over Luan who I think Luan's gonna be a very very good right tackle for them a tackle in the NFL and I just think Tunsil is just, uh, man, he's the uh, football IQ is so high. It's almost a little like, damn, he's going to step right in there and start. And I think that's a big edge he has on most tackles coming out as a rookie. And that's the other thing, too, the, the high football IQ, the body, the skills, as we talked about. But also playing in the SEC, I mean, he's playing NFL-level edge rushers in a lot of those games. I mean, you look at the the entire Alabama defensive line is going to go in the first round, it seems like. Uh, from last yeah. season, it's, he played NFL quality uh, edge rushers uh, playing in the, in the SEC. Those are all, uh, most of them, not all, but of course, a lot of those guys are going to play on Sundays. So he's seen that, and and, and you talk about the football IQ, uh, and you've seen him against good competition. The other thing I was going to bring up, and you mentioned Bo Wallace, is Bo Wallace like to to move around in that pocket a little bit, like to to get outside. So you saw, I mean, I've watched tapes where Tunsil, you know, is held onto it, not held, you know, like a holding, but has stayed on a block, you know, six, seven seconds, which, I mean, if you have seven seconds in the pocket, I don't care if it's, you know, Brian Hoyer, I don't care if it's Brandon Whedon, you give him seven seconds in the pocket, you're going to pay. But you would watch these, you know, where where I'd start the clock as soon as they snap the ball, a little stopwatch that I have, and then hit it whenever he broke you know, past Tunsil or or the play ended or whatever, and it was some of them were. I mean, it was incredible how long that he was able to keep these guys out of the backfield. He's an excellent blocker. I think he's going to going to excel at the next level. And I think if you look at the Tennessee Titans, if Tunsil ends up starting on the left, you move Lawan to the right. Uh, they still, I think, need to get at, at least a guard, at least one guard uh, out of this draft, or, or maybe in the free agency. But if you just that move alone, if they don't change anything else. I think that improves their offensive line dramatically. Because uh, then you have Lawan, who is, I think, a very good tackle. Um, I think Pro Football Reference had him at like 17, I believe. I mean, he was somewhere in that middle range, 17-14, somewhere around then there. 
uh, rated as uh, tackles in the NFL. So he's still a really good tackle. So you have him on the right side, Tunsil on the left side. Uh, I mean, your edges are going to be set for Mariota, who's obviously the future of this uh, of this team, and you need to keep him uh, healthy. I mean, he suffered those two knee sprains last year that kept him out a total of four games. Both of those knee sprains came from hits he took inside of the pocket. Uh, so it's definitely something that you need to keep this guy healthy. He's the future of your team, not to mention your backup quarterbacks 0-10, you know, in games that he started. <laughs> Yeah, man, I I just I agree. Obviously, you know your team way way much better than I do, but I think he's a great pick for them. And especially going to the AFC South now, looking far away, not all the teams have great pass rushers. You probably have Houston that really sits out amongst the other three. I know Tennessee has Rorak Poe, and I know they're getting a lot better at the defensive end. I can't think of his name. I apologize. And um, so, like, he gets to go in, and not he's not necessarily like. It's not baptism by fire with these great pass rushers outside of J.J. Watt, so maybe he gets a year or two to play against these other guys, whoever their schedule is, faces them a little bit, gets the feet wet, and then when those teams start building around that defensive line because of the trend that Denver is probably going to start, then he's already set, understands, and is ready to go. And that's the other thing, too, with uh, that you mentioned the trend that Denver's going to start because everybody saw them uh, you know, win a Super Bowl with – two excellent defense events basically is what it came down to um the if that trend you know is, is going to pick up it's obviously going to be what teams look like look for as a blueprint that means you need to have an excellent offensive line if if everybody's putting a lot of value you know we've seen the value in the defensive end grow immensely uh, since the quarterback has grown into such a valuable position such an important position uh the defensive end that edge rusher has become you know, probably, in my opinion, probably the third most important position that a franchise has outside of their left tackle and their quarterback. You have to have a good edge rusher to excel in the NFL um, almost exclusively. I mean, you look at, like, Arizona doesn't really have a guy that's an, an extreme edge rusher, but the rest of their defense is amazing. Um, but, you know, you have to have that guy. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody's going to be looking for these guys that are uh, great edge rushers. You're going to need a left tackle that can keep uh, Mariota on his feet. But let's move on here to the second pick of the draft, the Cleveland Cleveland Browns here. Uh, also the Cleveland have, Browns. <laughs> the, as Amos <laughs> refers to him, the factory of sadness. Uh, they had an awful God. year. Uh, and they keep having awful years, it seems like. So what do the Browns do here uh, to take the next step forward, to, to become an, an actual, you know, just not an afterthought in the AFC North, but competitive? All right. So with the second pick, I decided Cleveland was going to take Carson Wentz because of the recent I, – I had Jared Goff going there, and Joey Bosa could easily go here. There's a lot of guys. Um, Jalen Ramsey could go to help bolster that secondary that's already pretty good when they're all healthy. But I think Carson Wentz is the guy, especially the reports that have recently come out with Hugh Jackson, like basically definitely leaning towards Carson Wentz. And after looking at it, yeah, no, it makes complete sense to me. You get a guy in there who probably has the arm of Carson and a little bit of the accuracy and athleticism of an Andy Dalton. And the kid's just real freaking smart, man. He's got a great high football IQ. And outside that, he's just a smart guy 
in general. He threw for 42 touchdown passes the last two seasons. Threw 14 interceptions, but that's something that's going to be cut down. Guys won like back-to-back national championships that he started, I do believe, for that. They're the FCS. He's just, you know, <clears throat> the thing I like about him the most, especially when he's when he's in the pocket, the ball is high and it's tight. You don't see a lot of these young quarterbacks. You see them, the ball hangs low. They get sacked, stripped. It happens constantly. You see it with rookies all the time. But, no, and the man's deep ball is fantastic, and it's accurate. For coming a young guy coming in, I think he's going to be very, very well at doing that, and that doesn't—that's a rare thing to happen. So, I mean, as all the picks go here, I do think it's Carson Wentz. I think he's Hugh Jackson's guy, high character, high quality, and the potential is through the roof. Yeah, at first the first dra- or mock that I had, I had Jared Goff going there. Um, then this one, uh, I had Joey Bosa still on the board in my second one. And I was really torn because I thought about going with Goff or Wentz or Bosa um, because I think that Cleveland desperately uh, needs a quarterback to come in. But I think that the quarterback, I mean, I think you're going to see Bradford available. Um, you know, word's still out on Peyton Manning, but I expect him to retire. Uh, but there's, you know, there's going to be a handful of guys out there. And I just, the quarterback class this year is so weak. That I think they might try to go after Bosa. You know, that it's Ohio State guy, uh, so he's just down the road from you. Uh, you know, it's a guy that has proven. I mean, he's just outstanding. Watching the tape on him, the way he moves, uh, the way he breaks past people, he's got the exact speed and size and, and power that you want out of a defensive end. Um, he's uh, he's had an amazing uh, college career, and he deserves to be uh, you know mentioned among the top. In my opinion, I think he is the most talented player. Uh, you know, best best pick out of the entire draft. I think he's the most talented player uh, out of any position. Uh, the way he moves, the way he accelerates, uh, unbelievably fast, strong, and he's got the size. Now, Cleveland, it's hard for them to pass at a quarterback here because they need one so desperately, uh, and quarterback is so big. The reason I'm gonna that I think that they're going to is because. Um, because of Joey Bosa and, and the upside that he brings, and the you know the solid player that you know you're going to get, as long as Bosa stays healthy, you know you're going to get a quality out of him. Uh, I mean, of course you don't know for sure, but a lot more than you get with these quarterbacks that are coming out. And then you can go get a quarterback like a Bradford or uh, so on and so forth, a guy like that to just run one more season, uh, and then because the, the draft class coming out next year uh, it looks solid. At, at quarterback, there's a lot of guys out there that are turning heads that are, you know, very good in the pocket uh, and moving. Um, a lot of quarterbacks that I think are going to turn some heads this season, uh, going into the next season. Um, so I think it's going to be, and it's hard not to be. It's going to be very hard to have a worst quarterback draft class than we do this season, to be quite honest. Uh, so I had them taking Joey Bosa here. But I'm going to have to agree with you here. I think the more I watch, and I've been watching a lot of, of Goff and of Wentz and, of course, Paxton Lynch, I think I mean, Wentz just – he played in a pro system. He knows how to read defenses. That that's like a, that puts him a huge leg up above Goff and, and Lynch, in my opinion, is he knows how to read defenses. He knows how uh, exactly what he's doing when he gets to the offensive line where Goff – a little bit. You can see him read a little bit uh, in college. And then Wentz, Lynch, almost none at all uh, of actual defensive reading. 
Uh, so I think that Wentz might be the first one off the board here. He's got, like, he's got a good arm. He's smart. He's accurate. The only thing is he doesn't have. I don't think he has a great deep pass. Um, but I don't think Marcus Mariota does either. And I think Mariota showed this year that he played, you know, pretty great for a rookie quarterback. Uh, and he does not have a deep ball as we've seen. Um, so I don't think it's anything that's that's completely necessary. And it's something I think that he can definitely learn. But I think he's that most NFL ready. If you had to pick one of these quarterbacks for one season uh, and you only got him for one year, I think it's um, wins without question. I think that's uh, the obvious choice. Uh, but, of course, you have this guy for quite some time. So I, it would be hard. I think I still have Jared Goff just rated a little bit higher, though, for the long run. But I really like Carson Wentz, and I think that, uh, that whoever takes him, I think is going to get a pleasant surprise out of him um, at the, you know later in the draft. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree. I just Hugh Jackson gets hired, and then um, Joe Thomas comes directly. Like basically, they come out like, no, he's not on the market at all whatsoever. I, if you're going to keep around Joe Thomas and you're trying to trade everybody away, and then Hugh Jackson gets hired in, you obviously are keeping your left tackle, your left guard, center, and may not stay Alex Mack. I know he signed that Jaguars offer sheet two or three years ago when they offered it, so I don't know if he'll stay. Being that, they got Cam Irving to step up in his place. Their last year first-round pick, the center out of Florida State. So, I mean, yeah, no, I I think if you're going to take one, and I think the Browns are – I think they're just running out of patience. They, they're so desperate to get something to work that I think they'll take it. They'll bite. Yeah, the, the other thing that made me think Bosa was how – I mean, how many quarterbacks has Cleveland drafted, um, you know, since the mid-'90s to now? In the first round, uh, I mean, and over the first couple rounds, it's unbelievable the amount of quarterbacks that have gone to Cleveland and just done nothing. So I think that made me think maybe they'll try to do something different. I don't know though. Hugh Jackson's coming in. You know that he wants to bring in uh, a quarterback. So you know, Joey Bosa still, even though the talent's there, I think it's a smart choice. But the Browns aren't known for their smart drafting skills. So I think that it, it'll end up being. A quarterback, most likely, but uh, you know, but both is there if they want. Him. We actually had two. Things. The first one that said um, that they uh, from uh, the Tennessee area code, and it says that Tennessee better trade back. Uh, and then the next one, <laughs> and I don't, I don't disagree there, but you know, we won't get in the trade talk. But then the next one uh, said that Jared Golf, that the Cleveland Browns should take Jared Golf. Um, coming from the 740 area code, which is my neck of the woods here in Ohio. You know, golf and wins, I think, are the top two uh, right now, but we'll get more on that later. Let's head into the third pick here, San Diego Chargers. Uh, Chargers had a very disappointing season. I think they were a lot worse than uh, most people expected them to be. Uh, I actually picked them to finish second in their division um, at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, I really like Phillip Rivers. I thought they were going to be able to, to do more than what they were. You know, the not, nothing seemed to work for them outside of Phillip. Rivers seemed like the only thing that was working on this team. Uh, finished the season very poorly. End up with a third pick here. Uh, who do you think they take, Amos? I'm actually – I have them taking uh, Jalen <clears throat> – excuse me, Jalen Ramsey, the corner slash safety out of Florida State. 6'1", 202. The guy has – done nothing but play lights out the last two seasons he probably would have been a top 10 pick had he come out last year stream uh, he just 
dude's so aggressive in everything he does, and it makes him such a good football player, and he's so fast. And with San Diego getting red, uh, or obviously I don't think Eric Weddle's going back. Jason Verrett may not be the guy in which they thought he's going to be. Uh, Brandon, Fl- oh no, I'm sorry, Flowers went somewhere else. No, he's still in San Diego, right? Brandon Flowers. Yes. They signed him long term, didn't they? Yeah, I forgot about that. I think that even with him, I mean, he's good, but he's he's short, he's tiny. They need a lot of help in that secondary, and really that entire defense and offense. They're they're a team that they need about a player everyone else everywhere. But I think Jalen Ramsey's a great safe pick here. He only allowed thirty eight and a half percent completion percentage his way this year. That's amazing for a college corner, and he just man every route that the receiver runs, he's like glue. Even comeback routes, he understands. He's got the breaking point speed to, you know, recognize, understand, run, pick it off, take it to the end zone. You get this guy, you're going to have yourself like a 12-year, just all-pro safety. Maybe not every year, but he'll be on the Pro Bowl, all-pro. The guy is one of the safest picks in the draft at a position like the safety, which is becoming more and more important, especially with tight ends. You need a guy who's going to get up, bump press, cover him and I think Jalen Ramsey is a guy that in a year or two I would put up against someone like Gronkowski yeah I think uh, Jalen Ramsey had him here in my first uh, mock draft that I did I had him going here Um, but then I watched more tape on Shaq Lawson out of Clemson my first thought was because I didn't get to see Clemson play a whole lot during the season until like the end of the year um, of course when they played for the championship and, and then in playoffs and whatnot. Um, but I, I figured, you know, their defense was really good, and I was like, maybe he's just a product of the defense. You know, you have to be careful with guys like that. Guys that come from Alabama, sometimes you got to be careful because and, and really be diligent with the tape because the defense is so good that, you know, if if you put a guy, you know, with an elite pass rusher on both sides of the football and you say he's a cornerback, it's not going to be hard for him to cover for two seconds before the quarterback's on his butt. So you have to be careful sometimes. But then I went and watched the tape, and this Shaq Lawson kid's amazing. I think that he's an outstanding talent. Um, Second defensive end on my big board behind Bosa. He's explosive, uh, disruptive, and very consistent. He had 25-and-a-half uh, tackles for loss, which was the most in college football last season. Um, San Diego, fourth worst passing yards per attempt last season, um, and only had 32 sacks. So they de- desperately need an edge rusher. I still think that Jalen Ramsey's uh, the better overall talent uh, at this spot, but I think the desperation to get a guy in there that can put pressure on a quarterback um, is just too much to bring in a cornerback, uh, a rookie cornerback who's you know going to have his hands full because the quarterback has all the time in the world to throw. So I think that Need uh, pushes uh, this pick, um, and they t- end up taking Shaq Lawson. But I think everything you said about Jalen Ramsey is correct. He's an outstanding player. I just think that the need for them to get a pass rush uh, outweighs uh, you know the talent factor that Ramsey brings. I agree with that. I do. I like Shaq Lawson a lot, and I have him going in my top ten as well. He might be one of my favorite players in this draft completely. I just like Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the Chargers have operated off having a, what, Eric Weddle, a safety, call their defensive plays for the last five or so years. And I think that's something they're going to miss with him not being there. I, I think if they didn't think they could replace him, that they would come back in, they would try to sign him. But the fact that I think they're looking at the draft and they see someone they can grab. Now, Shaq Lawson would make 
total sense because the defense and his god that guy's got a motor but i just think it'll be ramsey because of the value yeah i mean i don't i I, of course i had it on my first mock as i said i don't think that's a bad call at all i think um you know jalen ramsey i think is better talent wise than lawson is i think he has more of an upside uh comparing the two i just think the need for them is is higher uh at defensive and that's the reason that he uh pushed over for me uh moving on to the fourth pick here the dallas cowboys of course everybody knows at the point uh expected big things from the cowboys after uh going what was it 12 and 4 in 2014 um had a great season and then of course uh, Tony Romo going out for most of the season uh, was just that was the end for the Cowboys this year. So the Cowboys coming into this draft, um, they still have a pretty talented roster if you look at it. Um, so I think the turnaround could be quick. I think if Romo stays healthy, uh, this is a playoff team next season. So this is a chance for the Cowboys to get a big key piece moving forward. Um, and you know, which probably is the final years of Romo's career. Uh, who do you have the Dallas Cowboys taking here? Well, in case any of our listeners are out there wondering when I'm going to have him going, I'm going here. Joey Bosa, the defensive end out of Ohio State. Now, I know Dallas runs a more traditional 4-3 with Rod Marinelli, but uh, Ryan and I had had this conversation multiple, multiple times, and he mentioned it earlier that Bosa is such a talented player, probably the most talented player in the draft. And he's a plug-and-play guy. He's not a guy in there you're going to have to – yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to have to learn the plays, but he's a guy that you're going to be able to release on, you know, second down, third down. Just got to get to that quarterback. He's a guy who's going to get there, and he's going to get there consistently. He's got long arms. And the way that his, like, his his power to, like, speed when he does his bull rush, like, he, he understands how his body works, how to use it. He understands that use the outside shoulder, doing your pass rush. And he just, he's extremely smart, has long arms, knows how to use them, and he's just man, he's a monster at that position. And I think Dallas, if they Roma comes back healthy, they have a very talented team. They have someone like Joey Bosa to kind of change the identity of that defense. I think they can make a real legitimate run in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that that's a great pick there. Um, probably would have went with that. I just, I of course, don't have Bosa falling that far. Um, this is where actually I had your very last pick. I had Jalen Ramsey going here, uh, cornerback from Florida State. And, and everything that uh, Amos just said in the previous pick when he talked about Ramsey is 100% true. This guy has uh, amazing skill set. He's great against man coverage. He can play bump and run. He has that elite level speed that if he does make a mistake, he can get right back and still make a play on the ball. Uh, I was just watching a lot of tape on him. And in that Florida game, he gets burned off the line on one play. I mean, burned off the line on one play. And the quarterback throws this fade route, and right at the last second, he's there and snatches it. And he just you watch him play, has a lot of pass breakups. He definitely needs to improve on the hands if he wants to have a uh, – Wants to be one of those guys that tops the interception list uh, yearly. But he has great, uh, great ball skills, uh, elite level speed. The one thing, the only thing that I've seen from Jalen Ramsey that I don't like, the one thing I think he needs to improve on is his play in uh, zone coverage. Uh, Sometimes he plays, he gets too focused on one receiver and will chase him out of his zone only for another receiver to come in his zone. 
Uh, so he needs to get a little bit better in his discipline and zone defense, but that's something that can easily be learned. He has all of the things that you want that can't be taught, the the rare athletic ability, the um, top-end speed, the recovery. Uh, you know, this guy is unbelievably athletic, and to, and to demonstrate that, he's actually trying out for the U.S. Olympic team as a long jumper. And his last uh, long jump that he had, or his longest long jump that he had was something like 26 I can't remember now, but it was like 26 feet. It was just, it was like just over one foot shy of what took gold medal in the last Olympics. So, I mean, he has serious athletic ability. Um, and he's actually trying out for the Olympic team. He really wants to, to be able to compete in the Olympics um, this summer. So he has unbelievable skills, plays on the ball well, um, and, you know, he has that recovery that uh, that is necessary for guys that if you're going to put him out on an island. I think that he's the kind of player that you could, against most uh, receivers, put him out on that island uh, and let him play. Uh, this is a kind of a guy, he has the kind of skills um, that he can, he can shut down half the field, uh, like we've seen some guys do. Revis comes to mind when you talk about guys like this um, currently in the NFL. Although now he's starting to get a little bit older, but Revis had those skills where he took away half the field. And Jalen Ramsey has those kind of skills. And Dallas could easily um, use a guy like this. You know, they haven't had a really good shutdown corner and since Dion, really. So I think that it helps uh, the Cowboys out tremendously. The problem with this pick is will Jalen Ramsey fall this far? You know, you saw Amos take him in the pick before. Yeah, like. Really, I think other than Tunsil, I think these other nine picks can be shifted around a little bit. I won't say too much, but there's a lot of guys that go to different places for the same need, and it's really hard to argue with it. Oh, no, I completely agree there, a lot of them. I think that um, the, that's the thing, with too, with both of these picks, with Bosa and uh, with Ramsey, both of our picks for here. There's definitely a scenario where both of them are off the board at this point. Um you know, the first mock draft that I did, I had Bosa going first and then Ramsey going third. So both of them were off the board by the time the Cowboys picked. So there's definitely that scenario, too, where both of these guys are taken. They're both, in my opinion, from what I've seen, uh, I think it goes Bosa, Tunsil, and then Ramsey, top three talented players, regardless of position. So, you know, you could see him go, end up going earlier. I know Dallas hopes that one of them is definitely there. Uh, I think Dallas would really uh, love to see Ramsey there. You know, this defense isn't far removed from giving up uh, a record for most passing yards in a season. So they definitely could use yeah. the help on the back end. We'll move on here to the Jacksonville pick at number five. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, they have the young quarterback there um, and Blake Bortles. That is their future there in the AFC South. Uh, and they're starting to build some pieces. This Jacksonville team is starting to look. You're starting to see it, it come together. You know, they're getting out of that real rebuilding mode, and you're starting to see the pieces start to come together. They have two excellent wide receivers. Their defense definitely has to improve, but they, you know, they draft that kid last year uh, to help them improve the defense. And then many camps, he tears his ACL, so he'll be back. Uh, and then, you know, they just need to build on that defense, and they have one heck of a, a team. Who do you have them taken here, Amos? All right, well, we're going to stick with uh, <clears throat> the theme from last year's pick, which was uh, Dante Fowler Jr. coming out of Florida. I'm taking – I have the Jaguars taking Vernon Hargraves here. And I love Jalen Ramsey. I think he is one of the most talented players in this draft. I think Hargraves is the better pure corner because I think Ramsey 
is a guy who can play either and he excel at either, but I just I think Hargraves is a better pure corner. He's five eleven, so he's got like I guess the amount of height you'd be looking for. Yeah, I know the NFL is streaming towards these real tall corners, but this guy's too good to pass up. So explosive. He's got loose hips. He's good on slant routes. He the play the play recognition he has for like man coverage because Florida doesn't play a lot of zone because of the corners they had on the outside who just took care of everybody that they had to. And so went, but even when he played zone, he understood what was coming to him. He's got very quick and close speed. He understands, okay, it's happening. And he just closes in. He's, he's a good tackler too. Over the last three years, I think I read, he's got 38 pass defense and 10 interceptions. So he's got hands. He can make play on the ball. He can make plays on the ball. And honestly, Jacksonville gets a guy who boosts that secondary so much. They got the pass rusher last year. They got a good defensive line rotation. They got good linebackers with um, Paul Puslesny, the outside linebacker that I just cannot think of to save my life. And that secondary, they got Johnson Cyperian back there, team him up with Hargraves. I think that frees up Cyperian to do a lot. I just, I think it's a great pick here, and I think it boosts Jacksonville tremendously. I went with the exact same pick here. Vernon Hargraves the third uh, out of Florida. He's an, uh, an excellent corner. I still think he's a step behind uh, Ramsey, but I think a lot of the stuff that, that puts him behind Ramsey is stuff that he can work on. Uh, you know, he's a great corner. Uh, he has amazing ball skills. Uh, you know, when the ball's in the air, he has great body control in the air, uh, can really disrupt passes, Um and as you said, a really good tackler for a guy of his size. Uh, you know, he came up in run support a lot this season. You see him make tackles in, in the running game. Uh, and for a guy his size, he really hits. Uh, the thing you, you did bring up, you know, five, being 5'11", when a corner is that short, he has to have really good ball skills, and he has to have that recovery speed. Uh, Hargraves definitely has the amazing ball skills. I think that his recovery speed is just a, it's a touch lower than I think you really want. Um for a guy like that, but he, when he's hot, he's on fire, I mean, he's three time, uh, three years in a row, he got first team all SEC honors, which is very impressive, not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination, but you saw him uh, in the Citrus Bowl against Michigan, got burnt all day in that game uh, on double moves, and didn't have the speed to catch back to those, so I think that you know he he's definitely got some things to work on. If his instincts get better, though, um, then there you know, and, and then that recovery speed uh, won't be much of a factor. If you get his instincts better, get him to the point where he's not out of position, doesn't get fooled by those uh, double moves like he did against Michigan because he had a bad game in that Citrus Bowl. But that's all stuff that you can work on, and and will get better as he gets older. I think that this a lot of people I think would say that Hargraves is too early at the fifth spot. Of course, me and Amos disagree. I think he has those kinds of skills. He just needs to work on the instincts and and the uh, you know the the recovery speed is what it is. You're not going to improve that too much. But the the instinct is definitely I think where you need to improve here the football IQ. But I think he definitely has the skills to be a really great uh, cornerback. And I think he's a much better in in the zone uh, than Ramsey was uh, or is, as we've seen uh, watching the tapes. He's an excellent player, and I think that they'll get an excellent pick here and really bolster this defense. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team to watch uh, moving in the future. They're starting to build the right pieces. Didn't Michigan have like a record day against Florida, though? Yeah, they. I mean, they did have an amazing, uh, amazing game against Florida, but they did not have an amazing quarterback, and 
they didn't have like standout wide receivers, and they just kept running that double move. And Hargraves bit on that double move so many times in that game. Uh, yeah, I know. I just, I think it's more something like I agree that instincts with that have to be much, much better. But I think he'll clean up on that. Well, that's the thing too. Is if you look, he had he had a bad game then, and he had a um, a pretty questionable game against Ohio State. But if you look outside of that. He had really great games. The problem is with outside of that, they played one, you know, one talented team in, in Michigan State, and then they played teams, uh, you know, like Indiana and um, Purdue, uh, you know, Penn State, Maryland, teams that aren't really that impressive. So I think that's going to make some people worry, and I think that's why I have some people have them further down on their on their draft boards and, and their mock drafts. But he has those skills. He just needs to work on that instincts a little bit better. Uh, because I think he is an excellent quarterback, cornerback, and I think, uh, you know, I think he's right behind Ramsey, but he's—it's not that far of a gap, I don't believe. No, I agree. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the sixth pick here, the Baltimore Ravens. I think we, everybody expected the Baltimore Ravens to be far better than they were. You know, this is a perennial playoff team that just completely shut down this season. Um. You know they they still have a lot of pieces, a lot a lot of good players on this team. Uh, so I, I think they're in a similar situation that the Cowboys are in. That there's a lot more talent here than what the record showed, and they and they have a chance here to pick up a key part for the future. Who do you have them taking, Amos? All right, so uh, God, as a Notre Dame fan, this hurts me a little bit, but I do like to pick. I have them taking Ronnie Stanley, the tackle out of Notre Dame. This guy's got very long arms. He knows how to use them. He has quick hands. He can reset the hands without panicking if he loses his placement. And, God, he did so much better. As another, I mean, I watch a lot of Notre Dame. He did so much better in the run game this year. Just understanding, especially on, like, counter plays and stuff. Like, he understood to set the edge block to get around, make it to the second level, and help spring that big run. Love Ronnie Stanley. Just a beast of a guy. He is. He's... He's, I don't think he's nearly as talented as Tunsil is, just straight coming out of college. I think when it's all said and done with the end of their careers, that I think Tunsil will still have the better career. I think Stanley could be right behind him. But, man, he just – I love, like I said, Notre Dame fan. The only thing I would say with Ronnie Stanley is watching a lot of Notre Dame games. He's got to cut down on the holding. That would be my biggest thing is, yeah, man, he got flagged so many times for holding. It was crazy. But – I think that's something just to clean up, and I think he'd be very good for years to come. I went with the exact same pick here. The Baltimore Ravens have Eugene Monroe, uh, who is just constantly injured, uh, you know, and, and then they're paying him this big contract just to be injured all the time. So this gives you a chance to get uh, free up cap space, get a guy who's going to be healthy on the field, um, and, you know, and I think has uh, – you know, equivalent talent or, or close to it. As you said, everything that you said about him is exactly right. Uh, he has amazing athletic ability. He's a proven pass blocker. He started three seasons for Notre Dame. You're not going to find that kind of experience in many uh, in many of these draft choices. That he started three years at uh, a very big, you know, college that that plays very talented teams every year. Being an independent, you know, they make their own schedule. And Notre Dame plays a tough schedule. Uh, most seasons. So he's seen a lot of guys that are going to be NFL defensive ends, an excellent pass blocker, as you mentioned as well, uh, greatly improved in the run game, has a high football IQ, um, 
you know, the their one problem is is the penalties. He does tend to hold um when he gets when he gets uh someone on his outside shoulder, he tends to hold. But I think that that's something that can be improved. I think that they're going to have him, you know, work on that first punch and getting guys uh, exactly where he wants them, getting guys, you know, on their heels instead of on their toes coming off of the edge. Uh, I, I think he's an outstanding talent. I think that, of course, Tunsil is better, but I think the drop-off after Staley is, is much bigger than the drop-off between Tunsil and him. He's an outstanding player, and I think this definitely helps the the Ravens, and it gets him out from under that uh, Monroe contract, just paying, paying to watch someone sit on the bench. Now, I, I like the point, too, about uh, the holding when he kind of gets somebody on his outside shoulder. And I think that's a very, very good point because Notre Dame ran like they they really were a no huddle kind of team, that faster pace offense. So he did great in quick sets where he could control the flow of, you know, kind of the flow of the snap. And when they slowed down, yeah, he kind of got – that's when he had the most trouble, I thought. And and that's the thing, too, is you're going to see – I mean, he's not going to see that fast pace anymore, which I think, too, is – Kind of, it gives him a little bit of an advantage, though, because you're not going to be as winded. He's a big guy. That's a lot of, of pressure. And the Ravens aren't running a hurry-up offense with Flacco back there. So, uh, so you know, they they can definitely get a uh, get a guy that I think I think he'll have a, a good career. I think that he is easily the second best uh, tackle coming out of this draft. Um, and you know, I'm impressed with what he'll do. We have a couple uh, text ins here. We'll get to real quick. It said that. Uh, First text in said Vernon Hargraves at fifth is way too high. You know, and as I said, I think a lot of people think that, but, but watch the tape. The kid is amazing. He does have amazing ball skills. Um, the next up we have is Ronnie Staley at Baltimore Ravens, and then it just says "please" in all capitals. <laughs> so evidently, a Ravens fan there, <laughs> hoping, uh, hoping to see uh, them get the boy out of Notre Dame. Uh, and the last text here says, <clears throat> Ryan hasn't taken a quarterback yet, all question marks. Uh, I haven't, but you're not going to have to wait long because it's just about to happen. Uh, so keep in mind that text <laughs> number is 252-621-2065. Uh, thanks, everybody who's texting in. We'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, and as we head into the San Francisco pick here, as I said, you were going to have to wait long here. Uh, San Francisco in desperate need of a quarterback. Then now they have Chip Kelly coming in uh, as their new head coach. Uh, this team has a lot of holes. I, really, it impressed me that they aren't drafting first overall. To be drafting seventh, I think, is a small feat for how much talent this team lost and, and how much talent they don't have on the roster. I think pound for pound, if you look across the league, this is, as of right now, uh, the least talented roster. So uh, they have a lot of improving to do. Who do you think they're going to take here, Amos? All right, so I kind of went off a little bit of the beaten path here, and I had them taking uh, Laquan Treadwell, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, I know it's probably not a very, very popular pick and very understandable, but the 49ers, yes, they have a lot of holes. That secondary, very beat up last year. They still got the, I believe the safeties they drafted in back-to-back years are still there. They're just, they're beat up. They have the pass rusher still. Aaron Lynch has really started to step up. Navarro Bowman. And I think they have pieces that they can build on because this draft is so deep defensively that, and if you think that Chip's not having anything at all in this draft, like I understand he doesn't have all the power, but Lake Treadwell is his kind of guy. He took Nelson Aguilar last year, 
this time he gets a guy who's way better. And as we've seen with players like Amari Cooper and, um, so, excuse me, Sammy Watkins, I think it's just hard to pass up when there's a guy here like this with this much talent. The guy's absolutely a beast, and I think he fits Chip Kelly, and I think he'll help out Colin Kaepernick. He finished with over 1,500 yards, had like 10 or 11 touchdowns, and I, I think he's a guy to go there and get the job done, help out Kaepernick, help out that offense. Yeah, I think that Treadwell's easily the best uh, the best wide receiver here in this draft. Um, I went with Jared Goff here, quarterback out of Cal. Um, the first one I went with Paxton Lynch uh, in my first mock draft because of the mobility and being in a Chip Kelly system, and he's kind of has that – you know, he's great big uh, size with match with the speed, kind of a Vince Young or a Colin Kaepernick type because he's 6'7", he's huge. But I went with Jared Goff because uh, I went back and I started watching more on Paxton Lynch. I'm just really not impressed with what I've seen um, it, when you compare him to what uh, you see with Jared Goff. So I think you get the better quarterback here. Jared Goff completed 64.5% of his passes. Uh, over 4,700 yards, 43 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions last year. And you got to remember, too, uh, the thing with Jared Goff that you don't have with Carson Wentz and Lynch is most of the games that Lynch and Wentz went into, they had the better team. Uh, you know, matchup-wise, they had the, the better team, both being and uh, where they were. Not all the time, but in most games. Jared Goff didn't have that. We're playing in the Pac-12, you know, Cal doesn't have an overly talented roster, so he was playing uh, with the least talented roster in most of the games that he went into, made the most of it. I think this kid's talented. Um, I think he is, uh, going back and watching, I think he is the better quarterback, or best quarterback in this draft, uh, the way he was able to uh, to make the plays that he did. There's a couple things that I think you got to watch out for. Uh, you know, it seems like in big games sometimes he takes a step back, although he was phenomenal in that bowl game at the end of the year. Um, and, and he seems to be, loses composure a little bit. But that's something that young quarterbacks do. Definitely something that can be ironed out uh, as his pro career, uh, you know, advances. And I think that he is a guy that's um, – uh, mobile enough to run. I mean, you saw Sam Bradford run uh, Chip Kelly's offense. So I think that Jared Goff's more mobile than that, uh, but still has the skills to to put the ball down the field. And I think San Francisco's desperate for a uh, quarterback. I know. I just <clears throat> I, I haven't heard anything. My that was like I was trying to find something. There's so many. Well, they're saying this. They're saying that kind of stuff on Kaepernick. I didn't know where to go with. Like I was like, all right, well, I mean, if they cut him, yeah, quarterback would be my guess here, but I can't find anything definitive. That's why I went ahead and went with Treadwell a little bit off the path, and I mean, I think he'd be great with helping everybody, especially people like Anquan Bolden. They got rid of Vernon Davis, Torrey Smith. He just seems like he's not necessarily fitting that system, and I, I think it'd be a huge help because I all think we're pretty established that Carlos Hyde is going to be a good running back. He just has had to, you know, prove everybody right. Yeah, and the other thing, Toy Smith, is, is age is starting to play a factor, too. I think that Treadwell's a great pick there. Uh, I don't know if you saw or not, though, that Treadwell's not going to run the 40. That's been the one knock about him is, is he's slow. Uh, a lot of people expect him to run in the 4-5 area, but there's been – I think that people put way too much into the 40. This kid isn't going to be a barn burner. He's not going to guy that's going to get down in the field, um, but an excellent <laughs> possession receiver, and that's – I mean, you look how many possession receivers have had amazing careers in the NFL. 
so I think that you know the people are reading into it a little bit too much to that. But I think Treadwell's a, an amazing talent, though, and a good pick there because they need him. Well, the one thing too is that, like, you hear all these analysts and everybody talk about the forty speed gun of the combine. When you talk, when you see his coaches talk, coaches talk about game speed. The forty is hardly ever brought up by them. It's always all about game speed. Yeah, it is definitely an analyst, analyst and fan kind of a thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of them don't look. I mean, you look at uh, what was it? Jerry Rice ran. I want to say it was like a four seven forty. I mean, it was not impressive at all. Uh, his forty time, and he's the greatest uh, to ever play the game. So, uh, you know, people read way too much into that. And, and he's not going to be a guy that's going to take the top of the defense off. But he's a p- great possession receiver, and he reminds me a lot. Treadwell. Uh, I like the comparison of DeAndre Hopkins. That's what he reminds me of. You know, he, he's that kind of – he's got, you know, stick him for hands. He, uh, uh, great, strong hands will pull down the ball. A uh, great size. It can bully small cornerbacks for sure. Um, but we'll move on here to the eighth pick here, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, paid a lot for that defensive line, wouldn't get the production that they wanted, had awful linebackers last year, and, you know, their safety or their cornerback didn't play. Uh, their cornerback play outside of Brent Grimes is terrible, and Brent Grimes is now 33 years old. So start. you need to build up that defense, um, and, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a major thing for the Dolphins. Their offense too needs some help. Well, who do you have them taking here at eight? All right, so a battle between two guys on this one, and I ended up sticking with uh, Reggie Raglan, the uh, the inside linebacker from Alabama. And I really like this guy. I know there's, especially before this season, so much knock on this guy. Hey, could he play? Could he be a three-down linebacker? And because of his size and build, he's very much like an old-school linebacker. And he's like 6'1", 260 or something. So he reminds you of you know someone on Steel Curtain or something like that. Just these guys who can just uh, slide and stack and stop the run. And this year he really improved on his pass rushing. And I know he's from a Nick Saban coach defense. And I know a lot of times these players come in, they don't do very well. But I think he's a guy with high character, high work ethic. And I think he's going to get done. And I think he fits Miami for what they need. As like physically from a physical standpoint, and probably from a leadership thing too. Inside linebacker at Alabama, you know he was vocal. He probably stepped up. That's what Nick Saban, Sabers, most are his linebackers, and I think this is just a great pick for them. They get a good player and a great leader. I think that Raglan would definitely help the team. I think it's a little early for inside linebackers, though. Uh, I went with outside linebacker here, Miles Jack uh, of UCLA. Of course, coming off of the the bad season engine knee injury, which I think everybody's going to look at when they're looking at him, they know that the talent's there. He's had uh, an amazing talent. I think he'd be probably a top five, maybe even higher than that, if he was completely healthy. He's got that kind of skill. Um, but of course, had the season ending knee injury. I think that makes people nervous, but the rehab seems to be going better than expected. His trainer said that he's so far ahead in his rehab that his injured leg is more muscular than his healthy leg, which just blows your mind. That's mind-blowing. Uh, he's already been cleared to run. He's already on the football field uh, doing the all the um, 
doing all of the you know training and stuff that he's allowed to do at this point. But he's his doctor said they're astonished at how fast he's rehabilitated. So I think that uh, his stack or draw draft stock, excuse me, is just going to keep rising because people are re- going to realize that that knee is healthy. I think that he can do a lot of the drills. Uh, I think he will be able to do a lot of the drills at the combine, um, and, and people are going to be able to see how you know phenomenal this kid is. They know that the talent's there. The injury is what makes them nervous, but I think that he's going to show that he's healthy on that leg. He feels good on that leg. Uh, and his stock is just going to uh, keep rising, I think, all the way into the draft. He's an amazing athletic kid. Um, good in the edge rush. He's good at dropping back, too, in the past, as we've seen. Uh, you know, I think that this kid's an amazing talent coming out of UCLA. Uh, and I think that, you know, as all we've seen from his trainers and what his doctors said, that he's healing very quickly and should come back just fine um, from the injury. Mm. I like the I like outside the four. I don't expect him to have you know any kind of like you know I would be running the forty if I were him. But the other things we'll see how he does. How that knee holds up, and yeah, he's definitely a top ten talent easily. He's probably top five had he not tore his knee at all getting in there. I guess we'll see how it goes. I just don't think he's going to be ready by season go, and I think Miami is definitely a need to win now team. But that shows you there just how bad this Miami linebacking core is that Amos takes an inside linebacker and I take an outside linebacker and both would be good picks. I mean, they'd really need to do something yeah. with the linebacking core. Cause I, I think, think Miles Jack has the more upside. Well, that's the thing you've got to look at, too, is everybody wants to come down on you know, Ndamukong Sue for not being as productive this year. But last year, Ndamukong Sue had DeAndre Levy behind him. And then this year he he has this awful defense, uh, this awful linebacking core behind him. What did you expect to happen? You know, you you are only as good as the players around you. If you put Deion Sanders on a terrible defense, it's going to be hard for him to to shine because you know uh, of the people around him. So I think that that plays a huge factor, and they need to improve uh, this defense if they want to be able to win games. Um, but moving on here. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number nine. The Buccaneers, another team that's starting to build, has the right uh, pieces, very talented, has a lot of weapons on the offense. The defense has some key pieces here and there, but they definitely need to build on that. Who do you have them taking here, Amos? I actually have them taking the uh, defensive end of Oregon, DeForest Buckner. Guys, 6'7", 287. And I know there's been a lot of, like, as I read through all these articles and everything on him, a lot of buyer beware on his, you know, those, just his entire stock and everything. A lot of people think he's too big and won't be able to do it. And I just point at Calais Campbell, who I believe is 6'8". Yeah, you may not see him with these outstanding stellar careers, but he's an extremely solid, athletic, important piece to that defense. He really takes that, that left or that entire left side of the line defensively, and he just kind of controls it. Not much happens over there. And I think Buckner's the same way. He's very big, obviously. And he's he for a guy that big, he's also a short tackler. Like he gets somebody wrapped up, he doesn't let them go. And I I just I think there's a lot of upside to this guy. I think he's somebody had I mean, I know there's still questions on him, but I remember them talking about him last year. And I I thought he had a very solid season and he deserves to be up here. I just think there's too much knock on him. I wouldn't buy or beware. If I was at this position, be in Tampa Bay, I'd get some uh, Joe McCoy in there to get him some help, and DeForest Buckner would be the guy I'd get in there. I mean, it's just it's a surefire thing. 
I went with the same exact pick here. Uh, Buckner had an amazing year. Uh, ten and a half sacks last year. Won the Morris Trophy, which is given to the best defensive lineman in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, the size is a knock. He's not overly explosive. Um, but every other, you know, every other intangible that you expect uh, from a defensive end, he has. And he checks all the boxes out, outside of that. Um, plus, I think Buckner, you know, if he doesn't work out, he, uh, as a defensive end, you know, say he doesn't have the explosiveness size as an issue. He has the frame to put on the weight uh, to be more of a defensive tackle. And I think that he has the uh, ability and the athletic ability to be one of those guys that you can move around the defensive line that can play more than one position uh, across the defensive line, move into different spots the, depending on what you want to do. Uh, everybody knows Lovey Smith's defense uh, is built on getting pressure on the front end, getting uh, the defense downfield. So the, you need to be, bring that pressure, and McCoy can't do it by himself. So this is a good pick for them, I think. And, and Buckner, I think, is going to – he's one of those guys that's just athletic in his size and his strength. I think you're going to blow people away at the combine. I think you're going to see his um, stock start to rise and, and end up being – you know, uh, maybe a top 10 pick here as we both have him at nine because he has that kind of skill. He has that kind of strength uh, to be able to bully around a little bit. And I think you can move him around that defensive line. He, he's a talented, talented kid. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, uh, man, I think he gets a, a bad knock because of some of the other Oregon defensive players. Their most recent being, or the most recent I can really think of being a huge, like a bus would be the kid Miami took like third overall a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name to save my life, but he's just someone who didn't turn out. And I think that's a big thing with Oregon was their offense was so fast. And this is a year where their offense wasn't very good and their defense had some good games. Buckner got to show off what he could do and he made a lot of plays. And I think he's going to be very good for years to come because he said, I mean, he's just his sheer size too. He's athletic with his frame. And I think that's a guy you can put all over the, he could probably play a little bit of defensive tackle now if he got a little bigger, a guy in tackle. Yeah. I mean, I agree. He's, he has the outstanding length too, because of his size and he's, pretty agile for a guy of his size too you know he doesn't have that blinding speed coming off of the edge uh but the ability uh to swim left or right real quick to get a a tackle on a running back or you know a a scrambling quarterback you see it in the tape man he has that length and then that that quick lateral movement where he can make a play uh you know if he needs to it i think that he is people are overlooking him uh going on to the final pick here real quick we have two texts um First one says, uh, Miles Jack to Miami, uh, and that Reggie Ragland taken too high by Amos. So you got a hater here, Amos. And then, uh, they said that this Forrest Buckner is the next one says the Forrest Buckner will continue to climb and maybe be a top five. I don't see him being top five because I still think that he's the third best defensive end behind Bosa. Um, and Shaq Lawson, but I think that top 10, uh, you could definitely see him in the top 10. Uh, we'll move on here to the final pick that we're going to do tonight. Are you going to have a Reggie Ragland, man? <laughs> guy who's going to come in the league, and wherever he goes, he's going to be like play for like 14 years and then go into the Hall of Fame. I, lo- I love him. I love the size, too. I mean, he, he makes you think of like old school linebackers. Uh, but we're moving on here to yeah, number absolutely. 10. The New York Giants, uh, a team that at one point they look really good, then they look really bad. I mean, they, the whole team 
uh, just seems like they have Eli Manning disorder, where they, you know, they play one game and they look phenomenal. They play the next game, they look awful. Um, <laughs> so they definitely need help on that defense. Uh, you know, they need to get some defensive players in here that won't play with fireworks <laughs> for sure. So who do you have them taking here, Amos? So I started with the Giants thinking about five different players they could take. Finally got it down to two, and both these guys off the same team, and I ended up between Kevin Dodd and Shaq Lawson. And I ended up going with Shaq Lawson because, God, this guy, this man, Ryan alluded to him earlier, going to San Diego, such a beast. He's a monster, and uh, the kid, the high motor, man. Played through the national championship with that injury. I believe it was a leg injury of some kind, and you know, and there was a thing that, well, maybe he shouldn't play because if he actually hurts it, it'll hurt his draft stock. And he decided to go out there and play because he wanted to play with his team and get that victory. And I think that alludes to a lot. I do. I think he finished. He was got his tackles for loss this year. I have it wrote down was yeah, like twenty five and a half tackles for loss, twelve and a half sacks. If you split that in half and gave it to another player. It would be very, very good, and we'd be talking about that player being a top pick coming his or the next year. And I just not enough to say about this guy. Ryan said a lot about him. I mean, he's very versatile. He's going to play in the three, four, four, three. And I, yeah, the guy is just amazing. I just have him at ten because of value and needs at some other places. I mean, he could very easily go to Tampa, but I like Buckner there because of the defense they play, and I don't know. It's just real. I I think it's a perfect fit. I do. I went here. Uh, I was thinking about going defensive end. I think it is something that the Giants definitely need to address. Uh, but at my list here, of course, I have you know uh, Buckner, uh, Lawson, uh, and Bosa, of course, off the list. And then I think it drops off a decent amount. I, I've been watching tape of Kevin Dodd, as you mentioned. And I think that he benefited a lot from having Shaq Lawson on that line. It's just I'm not overly impressed with what he's been able to do. So I think that right here at the talent at this pick um, that I, I went with outside linebacker Jalen Smith here. You need to improve the pass rush. This is a guy that can definitely help that you do it. Um, and he's a guy that can play up on the line or drop back. Jalen Smith's an amazing talent. And basically just copy and paste everything that I said about Miles Jack and put it right here. You know, he's got a great athleticism, size, speed, playmaking ability. He can blow up plays in the defensive back or in the offensive uh, backfield. He can play against the pass, uh, dropping back. He's a fantastic player. But, of course, the injury, uh, you know, I think it won't affect his uh, draft stock uh, as much as a lot of people think it will. I still think he's an outstanding talent. Another, you know, a guy that can come in and, and play uh, um, immediately. I think that um, whoever gets him is, is going to get an instant starter. I, I think, you know, his health is definitely in question, but I still think the talent is too great uh, to pass up on, even if he has to set out a little bit to start the season. Uh, and, and it definitely helps the Giants, who desperately need a pass rush. I think there was something like third uh, worst pass rush in the NFL. Um, yeah, they were not very good. <laughs> yeah, and, and you saw how many teams lit up that giant secondary as well. So I, they definitely need to improve a lot on their defense. I think Jalen Smith's the answer here. Uh, and the only reason I went with uh, the outside linebacker as opposed to the defensive end, uh, a pure defensive end, was just because I don't think the talent is really there 
uh, at this point in the draft for the people that I have taken in front of them because Buckner, Lawson, and Bosa are all gone. Yeah, no, I, I'm a Notre Dame fan, man. I love Jalen Smith. I, I know a lot of people are up on Miles Jack, and understandably why. I'm just a little biased because I am a Notre Dame fan, and I do personally think Jalen Smith edges him out a little bit and about everything he does. Because I think Jalen Smith is such a good all-around outside linebacker. He's going to be able to drop in coverage, rush the passer. I think it's a great, great pick. The only thing I would say with the Giants is I'm not sure what they're going to do with Steve Spagnola, and we all know he ran that NASCAR defense with the four defensive ends. So, basically, I mean, if he doesn't go for the pass rusher, I think Jalen Smith's a good place there, too, because it might actually get him to blitz, and he's got a guy who he can drop in coverage, blitz, and be all over the field. You And you brought up a great point there, but I think that Miles Jack and Jalen Smith both uh, both have the kind of talent where I still think that you could probably play them in both 3-4 and 4-3 defenses because they're that talented athletically. Uh, that they would be able to play in in both systems um, because they they can drop back into the passing game um, and they can pass rush uh, both outstanding players. So I think that the you know they could I think they both can play in either system. I have them rated really really close to each other. Uh, I still have Miles Jack just edging Jalen Smith out, but it is tight and it's almost the exact same story. Unbelievably athletic linebacker. Um, excels at every like facet of the game, uh, you know, has all the skills that you would want. Also injured. I mean, it's the same story uh, for both players, but both of them, I think, outstanding. Jalen Smith here, I think, could do a lot to help the Giants out because uh, I think they need help at every level. I agree. At, at their defensive line, linebackers and secondary, all need help. Yeah, and really, this pick, and then probably the next two or three picks, man. The it really, the landscape changes completely. Oh, absolutely! So That's I'm definitely. I'm excited. And so making my, my mock draft that I made, it's the first ten picks come off like right now. You're like one, two, three, four. I mean, you're just like, well, this makes sense. This is who's left. Blah blah. blah. Once you get into that. I'll say about like pick 15, pick 16, pick 17, and and on is when you're like, all right, you you start slowing down. Then when you get to like the playoff teams, 21 and and back, it's like, well, who's left? I mean, who is this guy? What what do they need? I mean, it gets tough uh, doing these, and it's it's I think it's tough to draft, <laughs> yeah. especially in the first round. So tough to draft because you teams will make crazy decisions, and we've we've seen it before where a team will reach for a player or a team will go after talent rather than go after uh, a need. You know, they'll they'll have excellent wide receivers, and they'll go after the wide receiver just because the the talent's there at wide receiver. Uh, so you never know, especially in the first round, so it makes it really hard. Uh, but that's our mock draft for the first round. Next Tuesday, uh, we're going to do picks 11 to, to 20, and then the week following we'll do uh, 21 to 31. Uh, of course, the Patriots not having a first-round pick this year. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Had to rub it in a little bit, Amos. Uh, definitely stay That's tuned right, for that. that. <laughs> uh, of course, tomorrow night we're going to have uh, the Par for the Score show. Amos is going to be the host for the first time. Uh, I know you're excited about that, man, being able to host. You get to be – Absolutely, I'm ready to go. You get the Bernie made off it this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Switzerland, all right? 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but we're going to have uh, Peter and Rich on one team, and then me and Chris Fetter uh, from the Dolphin Sideline Report. Uh, a really great writer that I've been friends with uh, since our time back at First Stop Fantasy, um, and also uh, part owner of the site, uh, Dolphin Sideline Report. So it'll be exciting to have him on. Uh, I know he's excited about being on. So a really great show for you tomorrow night. And then uh, Thursday, uh, you know, I'm trying to work on something. We might have something big for Thursday. No official word yet. And then Friday, of course, as always, the the free-for-all show. Thanks for listening tonight. Thanks for everybody who texted in. Um, and definitely stay tuned next week. Same time, same place uh, next week. And we'll get into the next picks coming up, starting with the Chicago Bears. Uh, So thanks for everybody to listening night, and uh, we'll be looking forward to having you tomorrow night for the Par for Discourse show. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern 